Father, we want to thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. And Lord, we want to pray, Father, Lord, as we are men and women of your word and of the spirit. Lord, we, we value both you, the Holy Spirit, and, and the word highly. So God, as we come to your word, Lord, we, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would minister your word into our hearts. Father, that you would shape us and use us for the glory and for the honor of your name. And Lord, we give you glory in advance for all that you're going to do, because you're worthy of praise anyway. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's a psalm, or one verse from a psalm that says, in Psalm 89, sorry, 88 verse 9, it says, I call to you, O Lord, every day. And I guess that sums up something of what I want to talk about this morning. I call to you, O Lord, every day. On Monday this week, as we have heard, I went up to Team Challenge to, to Nottingham. And it, it was so wonderful just to see what God is doing. I heard testimony after testimony of how God was setting people free from addiction and how they were walking in freedom by the grace of God. That just does something to you. It, 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 you know, as you just see at first hand God working in, in, in lives that, that, that were absolutely devastated and wrecked. And now many of them walking in freedom in Christ. And their life there is very structured. And it's that for a reason, of course. In fact, everything they do there is done for a reason. But one of the key things that they had to do every single morning was to spend 15 minutes in God's word, reading God's word, and in prayer. But here's the thing. Whether they were Christian, whether they were unsure, or whether they were atheists, they spent 15 minutes in God's presence. And the result of that transformation in people's lives just spoke for itself. And I want to say again what I've been saying for the last number of weeks is this, that if you commit a significant amount of your time to prayer and to Bible study, your life will be changed. I guarantee it, it will change you. And I don't think 30 minutes a day is unrealistic for anybody here. Now, I know that some of you will say, you don't know how busy my life is, that I have got so much on my plate, I just haven't got time for that. My answer to you is this, you have. We have all got time for things that are important for us. We have time to watch television. We have time for Facebook. We have time for our hobbies and for other interests. You do have time. Earlier this year, God began to challenge me about the amount of time that I am spending in prayer. He spoke to me and he said something, something like this. I didn't hear an audible voice, by the way. I just This is what I felt God was saying to me. And he said... Look how much time you can spend running. I was running a lot in those days, early last year, and certainly most of last year. He says, you can find two to three hours a day easily to run whenever you want to. Can you not give me 30 minutes? Can't you give me maybe even an hour of your day? And through committing time to him, listen, God is slowly changing me in ways that I would have never expected him to. And today, I want to look very practically 
at what a devotional or a quiet time might look like for you. There are, of course, lots of different ways in which you can pray. And I know people who, who are great prayer warriors, who, who just pray, who wait, upon, wait before God, who ask the Holy Spirit to move upon them, and, he, and God puts people and things upon their hearts. And as the Holy Spirit speaks, they pray, sometimes with great burden and even with tears before God. And this can be a very effective way of praying. But it doesn't work for me. See, I need a lot more structure in my life. I have proven over years, if I don't have some semblance of structure in my prayer time with God, I just don't do it. I'm just being honest with you. That's what happens. If I don't put some little structures in place, it just simply fades into pretty much nothing. So I tend, and I want to encourage you to put some, particularly if you're starting this journey maybe for the first time or maybe something that's fallen away from your life, start with a little bit of structure, a little bit of discipline. Obviously, we want God by his spirit to move in those times as well. But using a prayer list or using some sort of framework to pray is really, really helpful. I'm going to give you three reasons why. The first is this. I simply forget to pray for people who I've promised to pray for, or I forget about situations that I want to pray about unless I write it down somewhere. Jesus tells a story about a widow in Luke chapter 18 who kept coming to a judge with a personal request night and day. And Jesus actually tells us the purpose of this parable. It is so that people should always pray and not give up. In fact, there's a good argument to say that we should be praying twice a day, but at least daily we need to bring our requests before God. And unless you've got a photographic memory, write it down somewhere. Get it down on some paper because it's very difficult to remember. So a prayer diary or a prayer list enables you to pray consistently for people by name and actually to remember details of specific situations. But it's also important that we leave room for the Holy Spirit to move. Now, creating something, if we put too much structure in our lives, we, we sort of push the Holy Spirit out. And I guess that is possible. But actually, if you spend time in God's presence, God delights. God loves you to spend time with him. And listen, the Holy Spirit should be there just to stimulate, to provoke our prayers alongside that framework that we may, we may put in place as well. The second reason why a prayer list is really helpful is because it saves time. I really struggle to remember names. I'm sure you've noticed that. My brain sometimes just goes blank. The number of times that I've stood in front of people, inviting them up to the front to share something, and I just don't remember what their name is. Even this morning, Les, we didn't even notice, but we were praying in the back, and I was going to pray for Les. I couldn't remember his name for, for, for about for a few seconds. I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm afraid, and then it came back. You know? But it's, you know, I know Les as well as know anybody in this place. But how much time you waste without a prayer list, you waste a ton of time just trying to remember what was that thing I was, oh, oh, yeah, oh, coming, oh, not yet. And, and you waste so much time, if you write it down, you will be much more specific in your prayers, you can pray in detail, but also you will save a ton of time. You will pray much more effectively and efficiently. The third thing which flows on from that is that you can be really specific. Proverbs 3 verse 8. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. 
You can, in fact, you should bring everything to God, even the smallest little details, so you hide nothing from him. You put lots of details in your prayers so that you can be really specific as you pray. You need to pray in detail, not sort of vague religious prayers that don't tell God what you want. You need to be specific in order that God can bring back or bring specific answers to those prayers. We've talked about this a few weeks back already. But if you don't be specific in what you ask for, you'll have no idea when God answers those prayers. And he needs to get the glory. And you need to, be, need to raise your faith as you continue to press into the things of God. So how do you pray? Let's get very practical. Do you stand? Do you sit? Do you kneel? Do you open your eyes or close your eyes? Can we flick the wee thing there? I think it should be another. Um, so is there a right biblical posture for prayer? It's a good question, I think. So the prominent posture in the Bible is actually kneeling. It shows humility and it shows reverence for God. So a few verses, Psalm 95, verse 6. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the God, our maker, for he is our God. Solomon prayed to dedicate the temple in 1 Kings chapter 8. He rose from the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling with his hands spread out towards heaven. Daniel kneeled to pray, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed. Paul, in Acts chapter 20, when Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. However, the priests in the Old Testament, as they ministered before God, they stood to pray. Numbers chapter 11, verse 16. But also, in desperation, David fasts in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 16. And he lays prostrate on the ground, face down in God's presence. Then in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18, David went in and he sat before the Lord and he prayed. But there's another important example of someone who sits to pray. Jesus Christ. Our great high priest sits at the right hand of God in heaven always interceding for you Hebrews 7 verse 25 so whether whether you choose to sit or to kneel or to stand or to walk or to run or to lie on the floor it doesn't really matter what matters is that you spend time with God alone and that alone is key there are times for corporate prayer I'm not talking about that. Listen, it's so important we do come together as a group to pray together. But those times in God's presence, you need to get rid of the distractions from people maybe just coming, walking through your room. Find a space where you can be quiet and alone in God's presence. So important. Growing up in church, I was told that I should bow my head, close my eyes, and stop fidgeting. But actually, there's nowhere in the Bible that tells us we should close our eyes. Jesus didn't close his eyes to pray. The only good reason to close your eyes is again to avoid those unhelpful distractions. But again, whether you open eyes or close eyes, what matters is you make sure you're spending time with God alone. And I really want you to understand that prayer is for you. See, no matter... Nowhere in the Bible does it say that prayer is a spiritual gift. There is no such thing as the gift of prayer or the gift of intercession. At least I can't find it anywhere. 
we are all on level ground when it comes to prayer. So unlike spiritual gifts, which are sovereignly given by God, we are all called to pray and we are all called to excel in prayer. I've mentioned every week for the last five to six weeks, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and is effective. But remember, James also goes on to say that actually that Elijah was a man just like you and me. So no one is given supernatural ability to pray or a private gift to excel with this gift of prayer. Anyone can pray and everyone can see answers to prayer. But we obviously know people who seem to be just so much better than that. So I'm not going to embarrass Elizabeth too much. But you spend five, ten minutes with Elizabeth and you know that this woman is a woman of prayer. She spent, do you think Elizabeth finds it easier than you do? Not for a moment. Not for a moment. She hasn't got some special gift. She has understood the Bible. She's understood the power of prayer. She's seen it work within her life. And she intercedes before God. Because she knows it makes a difference. She has learned something that some of you guys need to learn. And she walks in it. And she's faithful in it. And listen, you, the one of the prayer is the, is the way in which ordinary people experience the supernatural. You're wondering, where's God in my life? Are you praying? If you're not praying, you shouldn't be shocked that God seems a little bit distant. Now listen, I... We've spoken about the times when God does seem far away. I'm not talking about that, but God will break in as you spend time in his presence. We need all to grow in our knowledge of prayer. How do we do that? Pray. Pray. So when should we pray? Well, Jesus often prayed in the mornings. It says before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and he went out to a nice little place. Now, that's Mark chapter 1. So does that mean we should always pray in the mornings? Well, if you only read the gospel of Mark, that's fair enough. If you look at the gospel of Matthew, you read, he went up to the hillside by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. You read the Gospel of Luke, he says in chapter 6, verse 12, he spent the whole night praying. So when should you pray? Well, the answer is when is best and when actually when is easiest for you. So if you are a morning person, or at least you can function in the morning after an extra strong cup of coffee, pray in the mornings. If, however, you come alive in the evenings, have your quiet time in the evening Find a time that actually works for you. And this must never about, listen, it must never be about imposing bondage or legalism on anybody because you've misunderstood the whole thing. The only reason that I want to encourage you to do this is because I know you're going to be blessed through this. I know that God is going to, you're going to meet with God in those moments. I know your life is going to be changed as you spend time in God's presence. That's why you do this. Not because of a duty. It's such a privilege to come before God, to come into the presence of God. So pray as much as you can, as often as you can, as best as you can, for as long as you can. Learn all you can about prayer. And remember that God enjoys your company and will take all he can get when it comes to spending time with him. 
So for the rest of what I want to talk about this morning, I want to just share with you really practically what it looks like, how I guess I pray in the mornings. This is what I found works for me. I'm not saying it has to work for you. But again, I really want to, distra- want to stress that this is not, it's not the only way in which you structure your prayer time. Some of you have been asking some very practical questions about what it looks like. So here are some of those answers. Just uh, hopefully, as a church, I hope you find this helpful. Again, don't think for a moment that you have to follow this particular structure. In fact, next week, Paul's going to be coming and just sharing something about the Lord's Prayer as a model for our prayer. Now, some of these themes will come through, I think, again, but just a different structure. There are many other folks. Why not go and have a chat with, with Elizabeth? Or maybe Kumbalani? Folks who you know are men and women of prayer. Ask them what they do. Get some help, get some advice from them as to what might be helpful for you. But before I get into some of the details of this, I want to just, um, I want to just give you some resources that are available to you. First of all, technology. So there is so much out there. We are blessed with so much um, and things. So the one that I tend to use mostly is a thing called Prayer Mate. There are many other devices, many other um, downloadable things that you can get. But I find this one really helpful. I find this it's, it's a, a very practical resource. Um, you can create in it prayer lists. You can add family names and details, church names and details. But also, you can subscribe within the app to various missions, missionary societies, to Christian organizations, all free of charge. They are updated every single day. You literally have at your fingertips, on your iPhone or your Android device, at your fingertips, you have access to just loads of things that you can pray in and pray for. And you add your own into that as well. So use technology to your advantage. The second thing is paper. Don't underestimate a paper and a pen. It's old school, I know, but... But actually, sometimes it's very useful just to write things down to create lists. In fact, it, we tend to, I tend to have a page per item. I tend to have a family page, a church page, and so on. And, during, and also on that page, there are multiple different headings. So on the family page, I will have things like health or jobs or, or spiritual growth. Again, get the detail into that. Pen a bit of paper, very, very useful. Depends how you think. Some people are more technological. Some folks prefer a little bit more old school. That just use what's available to you. The third thing is some books. So read about prayer. I've put some up there. These are some of the books that that I guess I've been using in terms of preparation for the last four or five, six weeks or so in terms of of what I've written. Some of them are just stories of of testimony of what God is doing in a person's life. Also, um, Sue... Um, who works at CLC. She is, at the moment, stocking up our little bookshelf in there. If you haven't noticed it, do go and have a little look. Um, there are some excellent books. She vets them all before. She's got a great... She, she's very, very good at picking out real quality stuff in there. So do have a look. Do borrow. Um, they're to be borrowed. Do leave them back when you finish reading them. Um, so somebody else can benefit from them as well. But we have a great resource in through that door. If you have a little browse later on and have a little look at what is going on there. But read about prayer. Excite yourself about what God is doing. So here it goes. Tomorrow morning, when I pray, this is what I will, will try to do. I emphasize try. I don't 
do all of these things every day. Sometimes I pray for longer than others. Sometimes I sleep in. You know, it's, we've got to be realistic sometimes, but actually, if we, unless we plan to do it, we definitely won't do it. And again, this is not about a duty. It's a privilege. So a rough plan. Firstly, be thankful. You know, God loves your gratitude. He hates ingratitude. So perhaps the great way that you begin to pray is just simply to say thank you for what God is doing in your life. It may be simply as a, as a lovely evening out or, um, or maybe a lovely meal last night. It may be because you had a good day at work or you got a new pair of shoes. That's for my daughter. Or maybe because... It may be because somebody's given you a little gift or even just spoken a word of encouragement into your life. Listen, be thankful for what God is doing within your life and then tell him, say thank you. You cannot out-thank God any more than you can out-give God. Because as someone once said, admittedly a little bit tongue-in-cheek, God can't stand praise. He just sends blessings right back at you. So say thank you to God for as many things that you can remember. He loves to hear you tell him. So tell him. And flowing on from that is is praise. And praise, I find, is probably one of the hardest things to do first thing in the morning. It takes discipline and willpower and and concentration. And very often it's, it's a choice that you make. In fact, it sometimes can feel as if we're doing this just in our own strength. But once you start praising God in prayer, you discover that it's not the flesh, but it's the Spirit who is at work. It is only the Holy Spirit who can and does move your heart to worship and to praise God. It's also why the Bible talks about this as a sacrifice of praise. And it's not easy, but it's worth pressing into because praise really does unlock prayers within your life. So again, use scripture for this. Lamentation 3 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never fail to come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. How about great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. At Psalm 145, use God's word to fuel your prayers as you bring... So, you know, it's so hard to get the word sometimes, is it not? Do you find that? I certainly do. And so use God's word to praise the name of Jesus Christ. Also use technology. Again, the app I mentioned, it generates a psalm every day of the month, a new verse of praise every single day. It can be a great way just to help to to fuel and to use that to praise God. Also old hymns. I know Elizabeth does this quite often, but you've got an old hymn book. Get, just dig through. There's some wonderful words. I'm not talking about singing them. Say them out. So one of the ones, I don't even know what the tune of this hymn is. I've never even read, ever sang it before, but I love the words. It says, the Lord who reigns on high, the great archangels sing, and holy, holy, holy cry, almighty king, who was and is the same and evermore shall be, Jehovah, Father, great I am, I worship thee. The whole triumphant host give thanks to God on high. Hail, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, they ever cry. Hail Abram's God and mine. I join the heavenly layers. All might and majesty are thine. And endless praise. Not excite you? Use other people's words just to, to begin to praise God. Begin to set your heart 
before God. Use music, YouTube. There's so many worship songs and lyrics up there that you can, little tip for you, download them if you can, rather than trying to search through YouTube first thing in the morning. It's very distracting. <laughs> it's amazing where you can, you, just, you can waste a ton of time. So maybe get some stuff downloaded so that you can, but actually use them just to fuel your singing and to actually, and just to sing before God. Praise him. As you come to prayer, begin with thanksgiving and praise. And then, and then I tend to go to the gospel. Declare the gospel and God's grace over your life. Speak truth over your life daily in prayer. Pray the gospel into your life. Listen, it never, ever loses its power. Again, some verses. Isaiah 53. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us have turned to his own way. But the Lord has led on him the iniquity of us all. Second Corinthians. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Why? That we might become the righteousness of God. Philippians 3, to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes through the law, but that comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. You declare those into your life. You speak truth over your life. How about an old hymn? Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flows be of sin the double cure, saved from wrath and make me pure. You ever thank God for the double cure of your sin? Not that you've just, you've been set free from it, but also that He's made you pure. It's the righteousness given to us through Christ. Declare the gospel. And we want to prepare our hearts. And at some point I come to read God's word and, and again, again, get some, get some structure into this. I have been the last number of years have gone through a Bible in the year, try to read a chunk of scripture every day. This year I'm actually in the book of Luke at the moment, just working through that. But before you read it, you want to pray, Father, that you would pour out your spirit. Holy Spirit, open my eyes, my mind to understand that my, that my heart would be changed. So that I, and, and so as, as I do that, I, I begin to pray some really personal prayers, centered in the gospel very often, but begin to some, pray some personal prayers of preparation so I may be able to receive God's word. My heart will be right before God. Again, the app uses uh, um, a, a daily download which is headed Christ's increase and our decrease. And there, again, a new, something different every single day, but it goes like this. Whatever it takes, Lord, increase my delight in you as the greatest treasure of my heart. Again, some scripture. Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Matthew 6, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And as you spend time, as you, you just pray, Father, increase. That you, your presence would increase, Lord God, that I would decrease. Jesus, that you would increase in my life. Christ, increase in my life. That my joy in you would increase. That my treasure would be in you and you alone. And from that... I often will flow into then some confession repentance. Make repentance a regular part of your time in God's presence and don't rush it. Allow the Holy Spirit to shine the light of God's word upon your heart. Listen, deal with the big sins and deal with the little sins. Deal with the sins that you're painfully conscious of and those things that you're not even aware of. Every morning I ask Jesus to make me clean. I am a sinner and I know that. 
For I know that Jesus Christ has died for me. So I come to the cross of Jesus Christ and I plead the blood of Christ over my life. Listen, living with unrepented sin, with unforgiveness, with with selfish desires is going to destroy your relationship with God. So repentance should be a continual act based on a growing awareness and conviction of sin within your life on a daily basis. Some scriptures again. 1 Corinthians 21. I have sinned greatly in that I have done these things, but now please take away the iniquities of your servant, for I have acted foolishly. Psalm 79, do not remember against me our former iniquities. Let your compassion come speedily to meet us, for we are brought very low. And you will notice, I hope you've, can I encourage you to use a lot of scripture in your prayers? We talked last week about praying in the Spirit. And we mentioned the two ways of praying in the Spirit. One is to pray in tongues with groans. The other is to pray using God's Word, using the revealed Word of God. So listen, you, we, the, re- the resources we have in Scripture are phenomenal. So pray them. Speak them out and into your life. But repentance is not just about dealing with the sin through the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. It's putting a godlike virtues, uh, putting on godlike virtues that are missing within our lives through the Holy Spirit. So one of the things I try to do every day is to pray Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Listen, there's enough stuff in there to keep you going for the next year and the rest. And when you're finished with that, I'm sure you'll find something else. But I think there's a lifetime of things in that few verses. That Lord... And as you, as you begin to pray this, listen, every day God will reveal by his spirit something else. I've been unkind to my wife. Lord, teach me to love. Lord, I would love her as I ought. If I've been just spoken out of turn, Lord, just, Lord, just help me. Lord, kindness. I need more kindness, Lord. You know what? You, God, by his spirit, will reveal those areas that I'll highlight it as you pray. The other thing I, I sometimes will pray as well, that anything that does not love Jesus would be gone from me and my family. I pray for God's protection over my life from Satan's works and effects. I pray the Holy Spirit would show me the areas in my life where I've given a foothold to the enemy. That I would deal with those areas quickly so they don't get worse, I don't allow more access to the power of the enemy, but that through the Spirit of God that I would be set free. I pray that I'd be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, for today. I don't know I can cope with one, only one day at a time. Lord, for today, fill me with your Spirit today. Before I preach, sometimes, or before I go to a meeting, whether it be work or whether it be in, um, whether it be in, in something to do with church, Psalm 141 is a great one to pray. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Do not let my heart be drawn towards evil. This Philippians chapter 1. I think they're up there, are they? Um, go back a little bit. I think is the one before that. 
Philippians verses there, there's, there's skin so much stuff and there are great things as you pray, just, just begin to pray some personal things into your life. Listen, you, you can't do all of this every day. I'm just throwing lots of stuff at you. Okay, so you get a picture of what you can do. But actually take value scripture and use it as you pray and seek God. That God would, by his spirit, just continue to keep changing you. And then, then I come to God's word. And as I spend time, as I read, as I digest, and then I believe in God is going to speak to me, and God speaks, and then I begin to pray some of the things that God has said to me. How is that going to make a difference in the way I'm going to live today? How is it going to change the way in which I behave today? And I allow God, by his spirit, to begin to apply some of the things that I have heard into my life. And then we come to intercession. And I begin to pray for family. So I start always with Rachel. And I pray, I pray first of all that from, from Ephesians 5, that I would love Rachel as Christ loves the church. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and give himself up for her. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. I pray, God, that you would help me to live even close to doing that for the sake of my wife. I pray then specifically for, for health issues. I pray for personal issues. I'm not going to details, but I pray for that she be filled with the Spirit. I pray that God, God's peace would rest upon her. I just, as God leads in different things and each day, I pray, I just lift her up before God. And then move on to my daughter, Rosie. And I pray a similar sort of thing. I pray for her health. She's in the middle of exams at the moment. I'm praying that God would help her. She studies, give her the strength she needs to get through the studying. I also pray, I also pray that when she goes into those exams, that the questions that appear on those papers are the ones that she knows the answers to. I think it's a good thing to ask for. She's studying, she's working hard, not bypassing anything. But actually I pray that, that the, the questions, God says, ask specifically. Get those details down. Begin to pray specifically and expect God to answer some of those questions. The other thing I pray for my, for my daughter is that God would prepare a wonderful husband for her. Now, I don't want her to get married for at least another 20 years or so. <laughs> I want to quickly add. But I'm praying that God would have a husband already. I want to pray for a man that loves God more than anything else for my daughter. I want the best for her. So I'm asking for that now. I'm praying that God would provide for her in that area. I pray that God, that she would never give her heart to anything or fall in love with anybody else who doesn't love God first in their life. That's what I'm asking for. I pray as well for generational blessing. You know, I can remember my granny. I remember my granny sitting by the window with her Bible open and she's praying. And she's praying for me and she's praying for my brother and my sister. She's praying for the wider family as well. But listen, I am here today, I believe, because of the prayers of my granny and for many more, my parents as well. But that is a memory I have for as a teenager, just watching her, just praying and seeking God. Listen, if you can do nothing else for your family and for your friends, you can pray for them. You can be the one who makes a difference in the future for their lives. Listen, God answers prayer. And if you believe it, you ask him and you pray and you seek him. So pray for your kids. Pray. I pray for my grandkids. They don't exist yet, of course. 
I pray for generational blessings that each, as the generations go past, they will walk in faithfully before God. There'll be men and women of God who love God, who are passionate for the things of God. That's what I'm asking for. I'll not be around to see them, but I can pray for them. That is the power of prayer. It skips generations. We ask, expect God to work in lives. There is no limit to what you can ask for. You getting this? I then begin to pray for my parents, for my brother, my sister, my, my family, for, for Rachel's family. I pray that they, those who do not know Christ yet, they would meet Christ. That God would save them. And then I move on to the church. And I pray for Freedom Church. I pray for the wider church. But first of all, I pray for Freedom Church. I pray that God would raise up families that are godly families within our church. I pray that God would, would fill the empty seats of our church. I pray that God would raise up prayer warriors, that mature Christians. For I pray for, for elders that God would, would just be raising up men who would be able to stand as elders in this place. I pray for new birth. I pray that people would be saved in this place every single week. I pray for, for worshipers. I pray we have more guitarists. And, and drummers and, and keyboard players I pray that God would, would move I pray more than anything else for God's presence God that your spirit would be poured out as we gather pray that chains would be broken that people would be set free that people would be healed that the power of God would be here I pray for our young people and our students I pray God that they would I pray that they would walk with God every day of their life, that they would make good decisions. I pray that they would love God's word and be filled with the spirit, that they would grow spiritually. I pray for specific people. And listen, if you have given me repair a prayer request, I'm praying for you. If you want me to pray for something specifically, just tell me. I'm not prepared to say this without doing it. I'm not asking to do anything I'm not prepared to do myself. And then I pray, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor build in vain. And that's sobering. And I don't want to be doing this for nothing. So I need God. I need the Spirit of God. So I pray, God, pour out your Spirit. Goes on, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. And that just leads nicely into praying for our city and for the churches of Chester, to pray for our politicians, to pray for the elections that are coming up, to pray for revival, that God would move in our land again. Again, Psalm 85, restore us again, God our Savior. Put away your displeasure towards us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. Habakkuk 3, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in all of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day and in our time. Make them known in wrath. Remember mercy. And there's much more I could say. Missionary societies. Get, get to know what's happening in the world. Countries that you maybe never go to. Listen, you can intercede. You can bring change in places that you will never put your foot if you're prepared to pray. I then pray for work as well. Again, very specifically. 
As you know, we sold the business at the end of last year. Listen, I want to be a good employee. I used to be the boss. It's been hard stepping down. But I want to work as hard now as I was working when I was, was the boss. I pray, I'm praying that we would, our average number of tests would increase each week by five. I'm praying that, we would, that, the, that the practice I work in would increase turnover by a thousand pounds. I want to be able to go to my boss in the next two to three months. And as they're looking at how the figures have improved, I want to be able to say to them, I've been praying for that. I believe God is certainly a good part of what's happened here. I pray for the salvation of my work colleagues, that God would meet them, that God, that God would use me to, be able to speak to them. I pray for some of the people I see. I have a, a, a young um, woman who's, who's um, got cancer. I'm praying for her, that God would heal her. I'm praying for opportunities to pray for her in work, that she would come back. I haven't seen her for a few weeks. pray God would touch her, that God would heal. And then I finish by praying in tongues. It's to pray in the Spirit. Listen, don't get me wrong. This may sound as if I find this easy. It's a lot easier to stand up here and tell you about it than it is to do it. Honestly. It's tough. It's difficult. There's a battle. Listen, most, most days, probably once, twice a week, it's just wonderful to spend time with God. I would say the rest of the week, it's a battle. I make myself. I get myself up. It's tough. I just don't feel it, Lord. I want to feel it, but I don't. But we push through. And as we do, we are changing things. We're changing lives. We're making a difference. I want you to understand, if nothing else, that there is no shortage of things to pray for. You get that? So when I say half an hour, and some say, well, I don't know how I could pray. Listen, you'll do well to get even half of that into half an hour. You will. Get yourself a list. Begin to write some stuff down. Get some structure into your prayer life and stand back and watch as God does something amazing. You will see answers to prayer, but you will see God change you as well. Guarantee it. Let's just stand and pray. It's an old hymn goes like this. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy burdened? Cumbered with a load of care? Precious Saviour, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? 
Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. And Lord, as we stand before you in your presence Sunday morning at the end of May, Lord, may this be a defining moment in our walk with you. Father, I want to pray for each one of us that we would, Lord, do business with you today. In a sense, Lord, that we would recommit lives. That we would commit and recommit, Lord, that time that we give to you, Lord God. Forgive us when we busy ourselves doing other things, sometimes important stuff, sometimes essential stuff, but sometimes, Lord, just wasteful stuff. And Lord, I pray that today, Lord, we make a commitment before you to be men and women of prayer. And Lord, as we do, that you would change us. Lord, you would change our church. That you would change our city and our nation. We ask this in your precious name, Lord. Amen. Amen.